playoff hockey is back as the Dallas Stars continue their quest for the cup. Level up the intensity, boost the excitement, and power up the passion. There's nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs. Visit DallasStars.com slash tickets to reserve your seat. They win three straight games to close out the series, knock out the Wild. 4-1 here in game six, and the Stars are headed to the second round for the fourth time in their last five postseason trips. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. I have entered radio mode. We are moving into radio exclusive territory on Stars Bradcaston. Do you know why? Because history repeats. The Stars send the Wild to summer in 2016 and 6. They send the Wild to summer in 2023 in 6. And the Stars power play, the power play, eviscerated the wild shambolic PK and made what we dubbed Flabbergast Felino the series' biggest goat. Always just absolutely perplexed and apoplectic as to why he was heading to the sin bin or to the shower and handing the Stars power play goal after power play goal. Oh, it feels so good. It's good to have you all back here in the Podman Rush studios, brought to you by Truly Hard Seltzer. Mike Heike has joined. Where do you want to start, Mike? Random thoughts in net? I'll go first if you want. It's up to you. I just wanted to make a request for Karma Chameleon. Are you doing the top 40 today? There, yeah, there? I know. It sounds a little bit like we're coming into the 10 o'clock hour here at Dallas Stars YX. This is Culture Club. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yes, go ahead and start. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, let's talk about time, right? Nine o'clock starts. In the words of Kucherov, number one BS, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> Cassettas in St. Paul, the most delicious sandwich known to mankind. You go to Cassettas, you get the Italian hero, you add a uh, capicola to it, and it's just heaven. It's divine. It's the best sandwich I've ever had. You shouldn't look forward to a sandwich as much as I do, but I do when we go there. And it's enough calories to drop a a bull moose. Uh, St. Paul Hotel, where we stayed. Wonderful staff, super convenient, terrific food, but holy time warp. Titanic decor, as our boys called it. They should have had Celine playing on a loop in the lobby. They, they have not changed the comforters nor the design to that place since the, the Titanic was still afloat. And how about this for cocky winners make the rules hyperbole? Minnesota's the best, uh, or excuse me, excuse me, Minnesota's best hockey team has been, is, and currently resides in Texas. And lastly, I, I, the storylines and how they played out. Go, go, go. No, no. Mike, I, go. You had a pause there. I thought you were waiting for me to well, jump in. I was trying to be dramatic, Mike, but you ruined Sorry it now. So go ahead. Uh, I was just going to encourage Stars fans to uh, not call out Seattle fans as uh, rubes and uh, new hockey fans who don't know anything like the veteran fans in Dallas. So just a little sarcasm there for you. Yeah, we'll get into the the cracking here in a little bit, but I I still want to throw more dirt on the wild. Don't you? (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) 
They just make such a big deal of it. And and the I was talking to the lady in the press box, who's just the sweetest lady in the world. And I was exclaiming to her that, hey, the fans in Texas didn't steal this. We didn't ask for it. It just got dropped in our laps and we embraced it. And it's been a pretty good ride. And, and she goes, yeah, but what about Norm Green? <laughs> well, just, I, I really don't have any defense for that one. <laughs> it's just, yeah, let it go. 30 years. 30 years, 30 just, years. And they, they can't, they, they, they can't do anything to even puff their chests out. Cause no, they get dispatched by the, the Lone Star state Ottinger, who's from the state, put them in a state of depression. He was the biggest ballast shifting force in the series. And I point directly at game four. I think a lot of people will, you know, and that's what happens in a playoff series. You you start to forget some of the times when things were a little dicey. And coming out of that shellacking they took in game three in the first game up in Minnesota, it was like, holy moly here. What what are we in for? Uh, you know, they were they were doing all the garbage after whistles and getting away with it and running guys. And, uh, it, it, and they, the, the stars didn't really even test Gustafson in game three. It was, it was putrid. They get into game four and they're just opening up all kinds of scoring opportunities for the wild in the early going. And there's Jake and Jake, yep. Jake puts on a, a clinic at the position and from then on, they, they couldn't figure him out. The Stars got got their full uh, game underneath of them. Once again, they really tightened up after that win in game four. In game five, they they played really well. Obviously, Jake shut him out, but they, really, they shut him out. I thought the entire group was terrific in front of them. And the same thing happened up there in game six, where they just flat out classed him in, in game six, so... Uh, that that was the first big. Oh, look at this! Look at him in the series. What yes. else you got? Um, I, I do think there was a psychological battle uh, that raged in the heads of both teams. Uh, you know, I think uh, Dean got a little revved up, and and that got his team a little revved up. Your buddy Dean, um, and it worked for a little bit. Um, it's funny that. Like, I never thought of the Stars as a diving team. And all of a sudden, now it's the number one story, and the refs are calling it. Like, they, I'm like, three embellishments in the series? Are you kidding me? They had three all year. Uh, so it was funny just watching all that mind game stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, you and I have both talked about Pete, and he's a veteran coach. He's been through the wars. And the fact uh, he made a really good point about Craig Berube in the, in the playoffs when he was in Vegas. Vegas when Pete was in Vegas uh, and that how uh, basically Vegas won on a bad call and he looked over at the other bench and Barube is just like, okay, well, let's go win the next one. And yeah. he said he, he learned a great lesson from that. And I, and I do think that Pete has that mindset and, and he's got the team embracing that mindset because uh, that game six, that was Dallas Stars hockey. That mm -hmm. was, we're not going to get sucked into your game. We're going to play the way that we play. If we get the power play, we'll take it and score. Score. If we don't, we'll find another way to score. We got some pretty good players here and, and we got a great goalie and we're just going to be calm and we're going to be smart and we're going to be disciplined. Uh, and so that's what I liked about it. I liked the, the mindset of the stars playing their game. Uh, and, that, you know, the other funny thing about all this road stuff is that Pete's talked about that, that we roll four lines and we roll four lines at home. We roll four lines on the road. Uh, he made the statement that he's comfortable with any player in any situation. And it was funny because I think it was game six. You got about, well, it may have been game five. You got about a minute or a minute 20 left. And there's uh, Hanley and Harley out on the ice together. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, no, that's they're up. It's their turn. And there you go. Uh, you know, he trusts every player on the team. And, and I do think that creates a mindset where everybody trusts each other. Everybody feels important. And, and everybody just says, yeah, we're, we're good. We're, we're fine. You know, let, let's just go play our game. Uh, and I really like that about this team. 
Yeah, 106 playoff games coach difference between DeBoer and Everson probably had its moments in yeah. uh, in the series. But really, goalies make coaches a lot of time too. Uh, and all those things you said about about Pete, I concur. And uh, it's awfully nice when you do break down and give up breakaways and, and two-on-ones and Jake's back there to go, nope, 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 again and again and again. I loved his calm handling of Pavelski's injury. Yes. And, you know, there, I, he even admitted to us, he, he was like, yeah, a younger Pete DeBoer, a 40-something Pete DeBoer probably loses his marbles there and can't believe that that it's not something more than what it was. But, uh, you know, they see behind closed doors, but uh, on the on the bench and that, the, the feeling was next man up and the drumbeat of they are delinquents in pressers was awesome. And, <laughs> and like, like you said, like, and until diving gets brought up or embellishment, it, it's not really probably in the psyche of the refs in the series. And it wasn't the same refs every game. It was different, no. two different refs every game, but there's a series supervisor and the officials want to know what's going on in the series, what they're walking into and they get prepped for it and they have this and you have one side and the social media is picking it up and they're talking about how, the, you know, they take penalties. That's what they do. That's what they're all about. And you know what? There are a bunch of Greg Luganuses on that side. They all have their speedos on and they're splashing around uh, and, you know, planting your little, little seeds. I love it. I, I think it's the greatest. <laughs> I think it's the greatest thing we need. We need more of that. We need something interesting. Everybody can't just talk, sit there behind a microphone and talk about how, you know, we have a lot of respect for their side and they're such a good team. And it's blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I want some fireworks. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I just, I, I think all the, if you look at the, the teams that won game sevens here, and I know that wasn't a game seven, it was six, but some of that experience pays off, man. I, I, did you see that nugget last night? DeBoer and, and, uh, and, uh, what's his who with the, uh, Florida Panthers, Paul Maurice, who are, who are tight, tight, tight buddies. Both of them are perfect in game sevens. So they, wow. they, mu they must have the secret. They have the secret. Whatever it is, they're, they're not sharing it. It's exclusive to those two guys. So some of the other stuff in the series on D, Miro dominated. Yes. I mean, my Lord. I asked Hitch uh, a series that Zubov dominated most for him. And he mentioned the second conference final against Colorado. Uh, in 2000, I guess it was then he said just, he had full command of every shift that he was on the ice. And that's what it felt like with Haskinen. Yeah. Like he, nothing bad really happened when he was out there because he was so good defensively, could cover up for others, uh, controlled the puck. He added an awful lot, played him straight up against their top lines when he could. Uh, the suitor story was big. I wondered how. It was going to go for him, and I, I thought it went just absolutely superbly, you know. And and heading into the series, you were one of the big curiosities was was going to be the the deal with with both Klingberg playing against the Stars and and Suter playing against the Minnesota Wild. Both of them had been moved on from by the former teams, and and that, and I I just. You know, you always wonder about bitterness, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and, definitely. And the old adage that, you know, bitterness is when you swallow the poison and expect the other guy to die. <laughs> uh, but that but that didn't that didn't really happen in the in the series. And uh, you know, flipping Hanley for Miller stabilized that third pair. Again, depth was yeah. a big deal. Uh the newbie on on defense. I love Tom, uh, Thomas Harley's no play in the series it reminded me again of of that old adage you can only throw young guys to the wolves if you know they can stand their ground and they had firm confidence that he'd have no problem and they ran at him yeah and tried to goad him into stuff and tried to make him give up the puck sooner than he wanted and hear footsteps and all that although that dissipated a little bit as the 
series moved along, but I, I thought it was great. I, I thought the group, if you were looking at one area where you were like, not a concern, but you were just wondering how, how are they going to go here? You know, how are they getting, because they were certainly the target of the wild heading in, right? Like they were, oh, they yeah. were going to, they were going to be the bunch that, that was, uh, that was going to have a target on them. And I thought they handled it beautifully. Well, and we talked beforehand on paper, that's the weak spot of this team. Uh, they've got a really great number one. Uh, you could say S is a number two or second pairing guy. And then basically, I mean, if you're just charting them, it's a bunch of fives and sixes. And for them all to come together and, and play well and handle uh, the physical pressure that Minnesota put on, uh, it, was, it was a great thing. Uh, with Ryan, it's interesting in that I really, like, not unlike Texas Stars fans, I really think he doesn't get it. Like he goes, I, I wanted to stay. I didn't want to leave. They wanted me to leave. And you're going to oh, yeah, boo yeah, me? Yeah. You know, he's just like, it yeah, really yeah, yeah. is confusing well, to they him, weren't, but I don't that's know, just fans. I don't know that they were booing him because he, he got bought out. Yeah. Well, it's um, a lot and, of money. Six yeah, million dollar cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I take some of that back. You're right. It does affect their cap somewhat. So, Okay. But it was more that he he was uh, Uncle Nasty against Kaprizov early yes, in the series, true. and they got all sideways on that. But yeah, it was. But but on Harley, I just think that it's it's so funny how you know fans, media, whoever we're assessing how the front office and the coaching staff does its job, and there were so many people who were upset that they sent Harley down for the full AHL season. And they thought he should be here and they thought that he should be playing ahead of Suter, whoever. And you're just, you look at him and go, Oh my gosh, he is so much better than he was in training camp. Like that AHL season helped him immensely. And I think they talked to him every single day about being a better defender. And he is now, I mean that he is a much better player than he was a year ago. Yeah, he's more mature, and and you can see it in his play. the The other thing, you know, you you always hear about righty lefty and how every coach on the planet wants righty lefty D pairs just for, to move the puck better. You know, lefty on the left side yeah, makes and sense. a right shot over on the right shot side. And the Stars only had one right shot defenseman for the series uh, after after Miller uh, went out. You know, Hanley's a lefty over on the right and. Haskinen's a lefty over on the right. It was just Yanni Hockenpah, and that was it. And still, they, you know, they they moved the the puck well. They they handled things extremely well. So that that was a that was a huge bright spot. So was Rope Hints. <laughs> He's okay. He was electric uh, throughout. Klingberg might need some like he might have to go out and get an emotional support animal after the trauma <laughs> Rope inflicted on him on the opening goal of Game Six. And he did that. I mean, the shorthanded goal, the hat trick game, a couple of three assist games. Like, they had no answer for him. They had no, no. answer for him. And Erickson Eck, would, would he have, you know, at least trimmed some of that? Maybe. I don't know. I've seen I've seen Hintz do it before. Remember game six last year against Calgary? Yep. Like, he, he was just on a mission, and then he couldn't go in game seven. Always stings. Yeah. Sting, sting, sting. Seggy? Uh Oh, you when, Pete you came, when Pete came to training camp, he said, he goes, that, that was one of the statements he made when we were down in Austin. He's going like, whoa, when you actually watch that guy, every scrimmage, every practice, every everything, you're like, holy cow, what a specimen. And and I, it's interesting because Rope hasn't gotten the respect around the league. But, you know, I think uh, uh, one of the players said, you know, uh, uh, Domi said, you know, if, if you if you were putting a player together on a computer game, it would be Rope Hintz because uh, he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's talented. Um, and so it's neat to see all that playing out on the national stage right now. Yeah. Uh, and I was really happy for Tyler Sagan, you know, 100 mm -hmm. playoff games. He, he he's matured. He's engaged now. He's accepting that he's going to be whatever role he's going to be on this team. Um, but also given the opportunity to fill a void up the lineup and on the number one power play perks the ears up a little bit. And uh, whether he was going to be an impact guy on that line with Marchman or Domi and Domi, or if he was going to be up with 
Robertson and, and Hintz, if he was going to be on the number two power play, on the number one power, he just looked like a guy that was ready to embrace whatever the role was. And then he not only embraced it, he he was a major, major factor in the series, especially you know, on the power play in particular. Yeah, good on him. Yeah. You always ask me stat questions. Uh, what is Tyler Sagan's uh, single best goal scoring playoff season for the Dallas Stars? Are you asking your own questions or am I supposed to parrot? You always what you ask just me, said? you throw me uh, under the bus and say, uh, why don't you know this uh, answer from 1984? What's his greatest goal scoring season as the Dallas Stars? In the playoffs. Oh, God. I don't know. Half the time he's, he, been, he's been here for been what? Seven, up. eight years? It should be like 10 or 12, right? Yeah. It's four. It's not a it's lot. Four. Yeah. Even when he they went all the way year, to the final in the, in the bubble. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> So well, he had to get his hips fixed him. in the bubble. I know, after the bubble. I get, yeah, I know. He's he's had some ups and downs and some injuries, and but the fact that the, you know he's already off to a four goal start well, in this well, playoff year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, the power play driven, which is what they needed in that series. But you you look back at a lot of the previous runs, and in particular the the bubble run when there were a ton of games. Uh, you know he. He was obviously playing hurt. I was. I look back at that thing sometimes, and I'm just like, "Remember how physical he was?" Yes. Like he was, you know, he's banging around like a fourth liner, and and it was just like, okay, well, he can't really be hurt because we were questioning whether he was fully healthy or not. And then after the series is or all of it's done up there in Edmonton, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna have my hips done. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> what? Okay, uh, I guess you were the other. The other guy uh, I'd like to mention is Dodonov. Uh, you know, Gurionov did some exotic things in the bizarreness of that bubble, but Dodonov is a much, much more impactful player and consistent and uh, produced at even strength when they needed some stuff. And I just, he's, he and Domi both have been terrific ads. The depth as the series wore on game five and six, I thought, were tipped in the Stars' favor thanks to the bottom six forwards, if you want to call them that. Yeah. Or, you know, Marchman started to hit his stride and and Domi avoided the penalty box more than he did in the early stages of the of the series and played. And you, you could see how that helped the Stars. And they played fast and he skated hard and they were hounded the puck in the offensive zone. And, you know, that... That fourth line, I thought as it moved along, obviously they're penalty killing, but you know, Raddick had a great game six, some some big, big moments to get pucks out in game five. He had the biggest moment of game five, two minutes in. He sustains a knee on knee hit, starts to get a power play out of it. Uh, he comes back into the game, a huge block in his own zone later in the in the opening period. Like it was just there was there was all of that stuff underneath of all the execution of the top end guys, particularly on the power play and the wild couldn't match any of it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because you talk about the depth players and I agree with you and then say that uh, the stars, best players outplayed the wild's best players. And that's a pretty good formula for victory, right? It always is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at the wild back to back hundred point seasons is nothing to blow your nose snot on. Right. Like that's yes. not easy to do. It's been, I, I looked at it. It's been 18 years since the stars posted back to back hundred point seasons. Wow. So it's, it's not like the stars beat, you know, just some also ran. They they were a very good team in the regular season, but the stars silenced their top scores. And when they did have opportunities, they either uh, were unvarnished or Jake. Uh, and it was at times equal measure of both, right? Like, yeah. Like they missed the net on. I still can't believe Hartman didn't score on that one no. to start. I think Steele as well didn't he? Like he went Steele had one uh, just before Marchman scored it at the buzzer. Yeah, Zuccarello's coming in off the wing. He, you know, you're not going to get a greater opportunity than that. He doesn't even hit the net. Rips it off yeah. the window and around it goes. Uh, so their their depth was questionable. Their their top guys were brutal. Like. Matt Boldy was brutal. Um, yeah. And whatever I don't know what the deal was with Kaprizov, but 
he had zero impact. The stars wouldn't allow a lot of it, and some of it probably on him. And we'll find maybe we'll find out what, how dinged up he was. Maybe we won't. Maybe he just didn't have it. Uh, they I thought he it. tried too hard at times too. I think that can also be a really like he felt that you see this with McKinnon sometimes. He thought that he had to save the day. Yeah, and 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 I think that you know that's a bad plan typically. Yeah, they put the cape on and they're going to be superheroes and it just seems to be counterproductive. Uh, they missed Erickson Eck, but then you look at that and you're like, well, do you think the Stars missed Joe Pavelski? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's a wash. Uh, the bully garbage really faded as the series went on. Like, uh, you know, you, you think of how it went in the early going and then Ryan Reeves and, and all that gunk that was going on. It just, there was none of it in, in games five and six and most of four you didn't see much of that at all them trying to get because i think they realize this ain't gonna work we can't intimidate them and we're getting penalties just trying to hunt for hits so once they once they backed off the throttle in that i i thought the stars had a, a superb advantage and their goaltending was just good enough to lose and that's yeah. how they the outside of game one that's how they played uh, and uh, the officiating was interesting too. I, I think if they had swallowed whistles like they did in Game Three up there, the Stars might have been in in some trouble in this series. You know, like who who knows what that would have looked like. But w- once they started to nail individuals for again hunting for hits and and taking runs at guys, whether you believe they were penalties or not, um, it it was getting they were getting nailed. Uh, and the stars were making them pay for it. Uh, yeah, and I think it got into their heads too because well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, technically, if you break down, you know, whatever uh, is this a trip? Is this whatever? It gave them something to complain about. Uh, but I do believe that the officials are like, "Look, you're running, Felino. You're running around like a crazy man out here. This is not the hockey that we want to see, and we need to." find something to calm you down. And so that's, to me, why he got some of the penalties he got, because he was just flinging his body around in a reckless manner. And they're like, well, you know, what was the official call that one time? You can't do that. I mean, that's kind of what the penalty they wanted to call was, you can't do that. And and then, obviously, I think in, in game six, they were just, they they didn't do it. They didn't even try no. to throw their body around. No, there. I think trepidation had hit. Even though, yeah, Everson in the morning was saying we're not going to change a thing, and I'm not going to tell uh, him to change his game. That's who we are, and grit first, and all that. But um, it, it was pretty obvious they were scared, uh, poopless. That <laughs> every time they tried to trade paint or strip some bark off the stars, they were going to be in the box and they'd be handing Dallas another goal. So uh, not that they they handed the Wild a ton of penalties, but they, they certainly dropped the hammer enough when they did hunt for those hits that it yeah. backed them off, which was which was great. So enough on that. Okay. I think that's it, right? Sure. Did we get did we get it all? The the Robertson Caprizov thing didn't turn into much. I think that was a big headline story heading in and I I feel for top, for top offensive guys. Maybe that's why when you do have an elite guy come through like consistently in the playoffs with offense again, it, it's it's like some godly stuff, you know, because yes. it's so hard for those guys. They're like they're like taggers in the in the wild wearing a bell. Like everybody knows they're there. Everybody's yeah. you know they they don't sneak up on anybody. And and try to get it done. So and Jason ha- had a lot to do with the Stars' power play and and just how wicked it was in the series. Kaprizov did diddly in nothing. No, yeah. And uh, the funny thing about Jason, and again, I, this is me being a homer, uh, but back in the day when Brett Hall did nothing and ended up with you know six points in a series, everybody was saying, whoa, that, look at that guy. And here, you know, Jason is not noticeable per se, but I think he did end up with five or six points in a six-game series, which is, you know, he was effective enough on the power play to, to help the Stars win. Yeah, well, that's what I just said, Mike. Jeez. Oh, I tried to put my own spin on it with Listen the Brett Hall up. story. He had a couple of power play goals. I remember Holly uh, back when the 
the stars signed him and then had to play St. Louis in, in what was that second round? I think uh, yes. that, that year. And he, he told me after the, after they'd won the cup and that he said, and then this is Brent Hall talking. I, I have never in my life felt more paralyzed than I did in that series because I was the guy that was expected to be the difference. I was brought in, yeah. everybody talked about, you know, now we have that guy that can score that goal and, and he's do, trying to do it against the, the team that he turned into an absolute superstar with. And even a guy like that, there is no more confident individual or bigger swagger <laughs> than Brett Hall in the late 90s. Uh, and yet he was just like, I was paralyzed by expectation. So, yep. you know, it's it's understood. And I think some guys relaxed and he relaxed after that. Yes. And uh, I, I think sometimes these these top end guys need to just relax and maybe not put as much pressure on themselves as they do. You had Ottinger against the state of hockey, which was, you know, it, it was exquisite and turned out great. Klingberg and Suter, uh, Madonna. We never heard, never heard from Garen or Madonna in the series. Isn't it? Do you find it odd that we never hear from GMs anymore? Yes, definitely. They must, I mean, they that must be, be yeah. a concerted effort to be quiet, or right? Because, I, I think so, and I think maybe some of the well, Billy's not—that's not his personality. No, um, uh, but we but haven't it, we haven't heard from anybody's GMs, have we? Has maybe Dubis? No, you're right. I don't know in in Toronto. Well, you've seen but Dubis, but you haven't heard from the fans you've seen in Dubis front of up the, in the press box, front of that box. That's I. I think that had. Uh, an impact on that series too. I think the Leafs had way more of that in them this year where it was like, yeah. you know what? We're not going to try to analytic our way through the opening round. Let's fight. Yeah. Let, let's, let's close the computer lid and, and let's, let's fight for our lives here a little more. And I think it paid off for them. But yeah. I, I, I find it interesting that remember back in the day, like it, it was every day you guys were getting quotes from GMs. Well, and it's funny, so I, this just brings back all sorts of memories. The, the, the Reunion Arena press box, everybody was on top of each other. And uh, they were all sitting out in the media, so we saw all the interactions. And, and I remember, uh, uh, it was a Pierre Lacroix, went to the officials' room uh, and was going to complain, you know, in the press box to the off-ice officials. And uh, Bob stuck his arm in front of the doorway and said, Pierre, you can't be in here. And Pierre's like, oh, it's Bob Gainey. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to challenge him. But I mean, that was all playing out right in front of us. And it was wonderful. I remember, wasn't it uh, uh, the Edmonton GM like threw a cup and hit a reporter with it because he was he had to sit out in the press box with the reporters. Who, so save good it? time. No, uh, uh, your buddy. Uh, uh, number Kevin four. Lowe? Kevin Lowe, he had he had a bit of a temper and I believe it was in the penalty call. And I mean, he just picked up a cup, yeah. a cup and it was empty, but just launched it across the press yeah. box and hit like a girl reporter in the head and was had to apologize for yeah. it. Yeah, I have a lot of friends who have a real snap gene going, you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to have been around my my boy Cam Neely last night after the oh Bruins loss. Speaking no. of. Uh, the other, a couple other things, and then we'll close the book on, on the series, the, the stars, fins versus the wild Swedes and okay. the stars, fins were much better. Five oh, yeah. fins versus seven Swedes. Some of them didn't, didn't play obviously. Right. Um, Nyquist, I thought was probably their best Swede yeah. in the, in the series. Brodine didn't play very well on defense and, and, uh, I, I, the stars advantage Dallas. Always yes. advantage Dallas with fins, unless they face the Carolina Hurricanes in the final. Then it might be a push. <laughs> uh, Mini also uh, they had nine Americans. Stars have have six. They had the advantage in Americans, but hmm. but uh, I I thought the Stars uh, red, white, and bluers did him in it lead, yeah, we had leading, the best we had the best american yeah. that guy from minnesota yeah leading away ryan Souter. uh heading in it was a 2-3 series in uh the history recent history 
the top seed, which was the Stars, wins 61% of the time. So they had that advantage going in. And I was just kind of curious who the Wild would attack, who they would view as the head of the snake if it was going to be, you know, Jamie, the captain, if it was going to be Robertson, the team's offense, if it was going to be Pavelski, the team's heart, if it was going to be Miro, the team's flow, if it was going to be Jake, the team's backbone. Uh, and I, I think they they tried to tug at the buttons of all of it uh, at times during the series. It was it, uh, just really difficult watching Joe go off the ice uh, in game one the way he did and couldn't get back into the series. But they plowed their way through all of it and and got rid of the, the wild again and will play now against the Seattle Kraken in round two. Go. <laughs> um, it's going to be a completely, in my opinion, a completely different type series. I think the Kraken are... Uh, a much more defensive. Uh, it, it's the stars are going to have to be patient, I think, uh, to win this one because I don't know how many power plays they're going to get, and, and you know they're just going to have to be smart, and and they can do that. I mean, I can I think they were in the last series as well, uh, but I just think the emotion that came with that series is going to be dialed on a little bit here, and so now the stars will have to initiate their own emotion. I think Joe coming back is going to be. Huge, and the fact that that Seattle played last night is going to be huge, and uh, it would be very nice for Dallas to to get off to a two nothing lead in this by taking advantage of that. Yeah, I I was mentioning this morning in my award winning hit uh, with the Musers on the ticket will be radio exclusive going forward too, as I mentioned off the top. But the the Kraken are. Whether they get their top scorer back or not, we'll see. Jared McCann, who was out of the Colorado series, likely concussed. I didn't see whether they said that or not, but um, he's he's a big chunk of their offense. You're right. Your 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 little uh, diatribe on what they'll deal <laughs> with the with the Kraken. It's weird. They saw them what eleven times in or eleven times, three times in eleven days. Back in the regular season, they had a little mini series against one another. Yeah. Uh, the Kraken have have pretty good, not not pretty good. They have great team speed. They play four lines like the Stars do. Uh, they're very organized. They they can score. They don't need their power play to score. And uh, they got great goaltending in the first round. Uh, that was my big question mark. Was going to be what. What Philip Grubauer are they going to get? And will they have to flip between two goaltenders? And now going forward, you wonder whether Grubauer can stay healthy enough because that he's had a history of of not. Um, there's a lot of stuff that is yeah. going to get um, documented as we go forward. But it's a it's an interesting matchup because you, you felt when it might have been uh, the Kraken way back – that that was probably a pretty good matchup for the stars. Yeah, to and, start things off with, for sure. Yeah, and now they get them. They've got home ice. Not that that's meant anything in these playoffs. <laughs> oh uh, but the stars are a wickedly effective road team, as they proved in the opening round. And, and uh, you know, g- game one's going to be difficult probably for the Kraken, wouldn't you think? I would think that that's a big advantage for them. A lot of teams, when they they win those game seven, especially young, young kind of green teams with what would be perceived as an upset, are just emotionally bankrupt for that first game. I'm sure they would have. They would have just packed their bags to come here, right? No, yeah. 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 They're going to practice here today, I would think so, yeah. And uh, so jump on them if you can in in game one, and then you might get their – their absolute best game in game two, but I, I, I don't know. I, I could see them, I could see them beating them quickly, but not easily. You know what I mean? Remember when the, the stars beat Edmonton back in 99, they, they swept them, but it felt like it was six games. Yeah. And it it took everything to get through them and they knew they had to get through them quickly. uh, Or they were going to start dropping bodies uh, because they were just so physical and, and this will be different. The wild aren't, or the uh, Kraken aren't, aren't that way. Uh, but man, they, they're well coached. They're organized. They're going to have some confidence. They have some depth. Uh, like they may get through them 
uh, quickly, but not easily. They, they might have to, you know, hang on and, and, uh, inch their way toward a, a series victory going deep into it too. Yeah. They're an expansion team, uh, in that, that they, have a lot of good players that they've picked up. Uh, I don't think they have what, you know, a superstar, great players. Uh, so then they roll four lines and they roll three deep here. And, and, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup on, you know, they, they both play the same kind of game. So again, it's, you know, which team is most effective in playing its own game. I, I think on paper, Dallas, you know, has a huge talent advantage. So then it's, you know, do the, do their grinders, you know, come up with a goal here and there and does their goalie, you know, play exceptional. Uh, one other weird thing is, and it's funny because I was just thinking about the Colorado, potential Colorado series, is Pete talked about the, you know, road advantage. Uh, and he said, you know, being the road team for the first two games uh, is actually great because, you know, you don't have the pressure, you steal a game from the other team, you can, you know, really uh, set a, a series on its ear. And I was thinking, well, if Dallas goes into Colorado and, and is the road team and Colorado's a little beat up or tired, uh, that could really change things. Um, and I would say Seattle could potentially do the same thing here, but I think the fact that they just played negates that a little bit. And, and so, you know, I think on paper, you could say if you're looking for an upset that, you know, they could come in here and steal game one, but it's going to be a lot harder for them. Well, look, they they don't need to steal game one. They can still take game two and get get their split on the road in that. And that's, you know, again, the the wild came in and and did that. And you just think of of the direction that series was going. They they win the double overtime game one stars slaughter them in game two. They go back. They they pace the stars in game three. They're up two to one. And then they were the better team in in game four. They the stars could have found themselves down three to one, and it would have yeah. all started with, you know, losing a game on home ice at the beginning. But they, you know, they've got a rather elite guy in the pipes, and they got through it that in their power play in a way they went uh, and and then started to look like the the team that they are. So uh, the the reality uh, we'll we'll see whether it's. Cinderella time and you're going to have to slay Cinderella. That's not the right thing to say, is it? But I guess you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> would, would have been a great movie though. No. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm apologies to all the Disney people out there. It's not what you want oh, to no. do. Um, but they, it's a terrific venue out there. Uh, you know, they, there's, there's history that it, it's, here's some uh, tidbit stuff for the broader scale. Tom Gillardi, who owns the Stars, also is a a uh, co-owner with the Kamloops Blazers, uh, the greatest junior franchise in the history of junior hockey. And they are playing Seattle right now in their series in the uh, West Final, and the Stars are about to play Seattle in their series, the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And... Uh, you know, Seattle had the Metropolitans way back in the day. They've they've had uh, the first the Seattle Breakers, now uh, Thunderbirds, and uh, it's it's gonna. There's a lot of hockey rattling around in the Pacific Northwest right now, and a lot of it is is very near and dear to our owners' heart. So th- this will be interesting. The history of all of this suggests that the second round won't be as titillating as the opening round. Correct, and. I don't know. You can get a the opening round has become, it it's it's become something that should that 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 people should probably pay the ungodly fees that they do to UFC and all that. You know what I mean? Pay per view. Like it's you know it's great. It's phenomenal. It it it's the combination of that and March Madness and all these things just cooked into into two weeks in the opening round of the Stanley cup playoffs. And I'm not sure if it's great that your, your upsets and your road teams are winning, or if it's a bad thing, you know, we, you celebrate a lot of the, the top guys and the, the individuals that you can ID, even if you're just on the periphery as a fan and 
you're you're doing a little crop dust flyby on on hockey and then it's like oh i've heard that name before and i've heard that name before and then boom and those teams are gone immediately yeah. and they're and they're out and that's the unpredictability of of the Stanley Cup playoffs in in the 2020s where you don't know there is no home ice advantage and there is no real intimidation factor and i don't know how how do you gamble on this <laughs> How do you make money? How do you make money in the gambling world on this stuff? How do you pick it? How do you handicap it? I don't know. Crazy. Well, I I will make my public apology to my good friend Jim Nill, who for the past five or six years I've been criticizing for saying, just get in, just get in. I'm like, I hate that attitude. I hate that. And now you look and you're like, just get in because being the the best team in the history of five points, get you nada. Nothing. You don't get a whole lot of advantage. You get home ice. Oh, wait, the road team won 31 times. You know, so even home ice doesn't mean anything. No, although, you know, Winnipeg just got in and they just got out in a hurry too. So with some wild fireworks on the way out up there, but whatever. (laughs) As I mentioned this morning, the Stars have been, are the best team in the Central Division. Proved it a lot this year and now... Uh, although they're not going to be able to put the laundry up in the rafters at American Airlines Center, they uh, are the last team standing out of the central. They're the best. They're the best, Mike. Uh, yes and no. I, I do. I give Colorado. Concur. A, I give Colorado a little bit of a pass because of the injuries and everything they had to deal with. Because oh when God. Colorado's completely healthy, I would like to see these two teams play each other because I do think that would be a heck of a series. Stars are the best team in the Central, Mike. Yeah, you probably think Haskinen's better than Makar, too, Homer. Stars in, here, here you go, stars in four or five. Not, <laughs> Against Colorado? No, yeah, I'm just kidding. No, well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Uh, I don't know. Stars have uh, made their way through the avalanche in years past, Mike. I'm not sure if you've followed the team. Uh, uh, you seem like a radio not. Homer right now. Oh, my you God. Know. You should see me. <laughs> Once I don't have to put makeup on, I just go nuts on the yeah. uh, complete Homer. Uh, I I do not see anything other than than stars, stars everything. I'll you're I'll just your, your Andy Moog jersey in the press yes, box. <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> rake the officials over the coals for every call. And if the stars do lose a game going forward, they they were jobbed. There's no question. <laughs> no, that's what we like. I just think how, they're. Oh, I, I honestly, fans. honest, honest to goodness, and then we'll we'll probably get out of here unless you have more. Nah. The I I th- this this team right now, when you look at them and you look at what's left in the playoffs, you you can see the path. You don't have to squint or try to concoct some different things to move in there, no hooey or or any of that garbage. You just look at the team. They they look like a deep club that is extremely well coached, that doesn't have a lot of weaknesses, that can win games in in, in different ways. Like if you if you want to go this way, they look like a club that can handle that. You want to go that way, you want to do it skill, you want to do it finesse. You want to get get a little bit ugly, they can handle that. They can handle this. They can absorb an injury. They can get outplayed but still win because of their goaltending. Like, it, it is – again, I, I said it at the end of, of the series against the Wild. Like, I want to see the team that can knock them out of this tournament. I want to see the team because they, they look like they can get themselves at least to the – Conference final, I know they're going to have to beat a very good team once they get there, uh, and I could see them in a in a Stanley Cup final against maybe the Buds of Toronto, and uh, wouldn't that be something? It so, would be fun. I'm getting ahead of uh, myself. I'm a, I'm a big fan of – that's what we that do is. here on the Podman Rush. That's right. So I, I do have them in five or six against uh, Toronto. I'm, I'm joking there. Yeah, you are. Since you're, you're throwing out predictions. All right. I like Ted Lasso. I love the show. Right. And uh, I'm talking to Mark Janko, assistant GM Mark Janko, the second best assistant GM in the league. Hi, Tom. 
uh, in Minnesota. And uh, so Trent Krim, uh, the reporter who uh, covers the uh, team in Ted Lasso, uh, he has a skeptical eye all season. And then in the latest episode, he, he runs in, into Ted and goes, this is going to work. This is going to work. And I told Mark that I was looking at the lineup going like, this is going to work. I was a uh, fanboying like uh, Trent Krim, and uh, he laughed at that. Uh, but on paper, I mean, adding the Donoff, adding Domi, uh, you know, just getting the players, the experience, you know, like Wyatt Johnston, uh, uh, like uh, uh, Thomas Harley. It, it Everything seems to be coming together right now. And you knock on wood and, you know, again, mm. don't want to get ahead of yourself. But, mm-hmm. boy, it sure is a good feeling to be a Dallas Stars fan right now. Well, spoiler alert on all you Ted Lasso fans who are going <laughs> to binge watch that in the future. It's just it's one scene. That's yeah. just well, one scene. Right. Right, Mike. For sure. For sure. Uh, look, here, here we go into the into the breach uh, one more time or into the abyss, I guess. As we're taking on the, uh, see how I say we now? Man, I'm yes. full in. Full in, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the Kraken. Uh, I, I think we should probably uh, barbecue calamari on our side of things, right? Yeah, I think that's a great Dice up some tentacles. (laughs) Put little red eyes on them and dress them up like the the Kraken logo. Yes. Yeah, it should be our thing. As, As I've told you many times, hockey is a verb in Dallas in the spring. Let's do that hockey. Here we go. Uh, because they they got rid of a team that couldn't get out of their own way in taking penalties. As a dog goes back to its vomit, so too does a fool repeat his stupidity. And that's what went on repeatedly in that series against the Wild. And here we go. Stars and the Kraken are going mono a mono after one another and remember this mike as we finish things up here on the podman rush playoff edition brought to you by truly sailors navigated by the stars in old timey times goodbye mike bye razor and go stars you've been listening to the podman rush with daryl razor ray presented by truly hard seltzer an official production of the dallas stars To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. Good night, Tom. Playoff hockey is back as the Dallas Stars continue their quest for the cup. Level up the intensity, boost the excitement, and power up the passion. There's nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs. Visit DallasStars.com slash tickets to reserve your seat.